There it is. We're back and we have an awesome, super cool guest today. Super excited to share with you all uh, somebody else's journey. We're going to have a lot of fun talking to Annie. Here we go. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody. We're so excited for another fun show. Beautiful day. Before we jump in and chat with today's guest, I want to quickly remind everybody that we do three shows every week and we're open for questions. So if you have any questions about your relationships, if there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show, slide into my DMs and let me know. Follow us on all social media platforms, especially Facebook and Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Send me a message and don't forget to enable notifications on YouTube and Facebook. Join us for the live show where you can get your questions answered live on the spot. And as always, I want to remind everybody, if you are are listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on this show. We're here to share our imperfect stories, and I want to get as many voices as possible to speak here because I know that the more stories we hear, the more others will see us in themselves, and the more representation we have, the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com and sign up today. All right, everybody, that's my spiel. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the best part of the show. Introducing our awesome guest today. Our guest describes herself as a bit of a Pollyanna. She is sharing her polyamorous, queer, and kinky journey on Instagram and dropping a ton of knowledge through fun memes, tweets, her own poetry, and infographics. She's covered topics like the, poly the polycule feedback loop, struggling with loss of primacy in polyamory, jealousy, hierarchy, being outed by family, and her opening up journey thus far. As a self-proclaimed self-help nerd, our guest has been devouring polyam literature for the past 15 months, and she's been condens condensing that fire hose of information from what she's learned into bite-sized shareable content all over IG. Tune in to find, about, find out about this awesome creator, this awesome creator's inspiration and learn her journey. Joining us today from somewhere out there in TV land, welcome to the show, Annie Undone. Or I should say, Annie Whitman, your name's on there, and it's yes. not Annie Undone. That's not actually your last name. Well, no, Undone is not my last name. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, let's get just a little bit of background on you. You've been uh, putting all this content on uh, Instagram, and it has been so good. I love your style. I love the way that you uh, present the information. It's really easy to read and, and digest. Where are you getting all of this information from? What's your journey been thus far? Well, I think, so I started off on Reddit because I was just like, started getting into BDSM and I was like, what is happening to me? I need some answers here. Um, and then I, I started following some other polyamorous accounts, but I was having a little trouble seeing myself reflected in them because I feel like I sit at a very specific intersection of queerness, kink, and polyamory. Mm -hmm. And so I s started just taking notes because I am a writer. So I started kind of just writing down stuff and thinking about, um, you know, what kind of what I would say to myself if I 
you know, needed a friend at that point. Um, mm -hmm. And as I like kind of started the Instagram and started doing the content, I think the message started crystallizing a little bit more for me. And I kind of like found my groove as like kind of a polyamorous cheerleader. Nice. Nice. And what is the message specifically? Is there like a mission? Is there an, an overarching kind of message that you're trying to reach yeah. others? Yeah, I think if I had to to sum it up in one statement, it would be you deserve to be yourself. That is behind everything I do. Um, I think that it's taken me a lot to to get to this point where I feel like I can be myself as much as I um, can realize that. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have trouble with that. And sometimes that you just need to know you're doing a good job. It's going to be okay. You deserve this, whatever this is for you. Um, and so I think, you know, whether I'm talking about primacy or hierarchy or being outed or um, how hard it was to go on my first date or how hard it was to sit through someone else's date. Um, I think at the end of the day, we really have to feel enfranchised in ourselves and that's the that's the biggest service that we can all do for ourselves oh you're right and when you're right you're right and you you're always right <laughs> <laughs> well done producer well done at business bros pod anybody wants all of that um you said that you sit at this particular intersection of poly bdsm uh queerness and that you were looking how is it that you said it? You said uh, that you, dang it, I lost it. I was looking to see myself reflected in context. Looking to see yourself reflected for sure, but there was something else, something else beyond that. It was, it was, um, oh, I can't think of it anymore. I should have written it down. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about that intersection. Let's talk about um, the realness, the authenticity, uh, and finding yourself at that intersection. What are some of the, um, some of the ways that that you've become empowered now, some of the ways that you've been able to truly be yourself just by recognizing those things within you. Yeah, I mean, I think when we talk about, well, so I think the most important thing for me was that I, I started with BDSM and I thought, well, you know, gosh, I've got all these fantasies. There's not one person can, can be everything, right? Mm -hmm. So I kind of started in an online space um, exploring some of those things. So um, that kind of led me to realize, oh my God, there's a world of people out here who are just, who are doing the same things, um, who are invested in exploring their sexuality or exploring their kink without sexuality, which I think is really mm -hmm. an important distinction. And once I started exploring that, I also noticed right away that I had a lot of feelings. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, wow, these feelings are intense. I'm, you know, I'm into this person. I'm into these things. And that was when I really, that was probably, I think, when polyamory came on my radar. Um, and then I thought, well, if I'm doing this in this setting, is this something that can translate um, into real life? And, and how do we make that happen? And then, of course, when you start to realize these things about yourself, whether it's kink or queerness or polyamory, I think at least for me, I started to tick back and go, yeah, this tracks, this tracks of this mm -hmm. experience I had, you know, even back to when I first realized that maybe I was polyamorous, I said, oh my God, I remember that I was 13 years old and in a legit thruple 
show each other our bodies and be like, hmm, this is weird. Like, and so like you start to kind of integrate like these experiences and think, okay, I thought, I thought maybe this was a one-off, but maybe it's not. Like maybe mm. somewhere along the way I absorbed messaging that didn't serve me or maybe I can have this discussion. So I think for me, it was like a tumble down. Like, oh, I thought this was about this. And then it just started to, yeah, it's certainly more enjoyable than my average day. <laughs> <laughs> me too, Sean. Me too. It's funny that you know the the exploration started so not funny, but but just interesting that the exploration started so early, and you were like looking back at those things when you finally kind of were given the language or learned the language. You're like, this all totally makes sense, and so you start incorporating that new new knowledge into your identity into your life into uh who you are going to become now uh and polyamory enters the picture you've got uh all of these new relationships and i want to know what is it about each of those relationships that i mean that's a very like broad question but that's you know, what we picked as our topic. So having all of these multiple loves, having all of these different relationships has changed you. Can you tell me some of the ways that it has? Yeah. So like I, I sometimes I write these things and I've not I've not put them out, but I really just kind of write them for myself. Um, they're called polyamorous vignettes. And it's just like these sometimes you you have these moments in polyamory that are just so wholesome or like <laughs> so like perfect. So, for example, um, my partner. Um, the one day I, my, I had been working on this project and my husband came in and he was like, Oh, this looks terrible. I, you know, I, I'm throwing this out. Like I can do this so much better for you. Like it just doesn't look good. And I get on, I'm like, you know, I said to my partner, Sam, I worked on this for like two hours and Paul came in and he threw it out and he says he can do it better. And he's like, look, you came up with the idea, but Paul can do it better. And then your idea ultimately is going to look better when you present it to your friend that you made it for. So like, maybe just walk back in there and say, thank you. <laughs> and I was like, and he was like, you know, just, he was like, just because like you think tank an idea doesn't mean you're the best person for the job. And I was like, damn, if he isn't right. <sighs> so I think like learning to listen to feedback in a new way is definitely one way that it's changed me because, you know, we all, we all think that we're the center of our own universe. So sometimes getting that feedback in different places um, can actually enhance another relationship, which I think is interesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I also feel like every person I'm with speaks to a different, like part of my soul. You know, like um, my girlfriend, Josie, we just have we just have something really special that's not I can't recreate that with anyone else, you know, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you know, and every relationship, you know, flips a new side of who you are, brings out something different. And 
I really love that about polyamory the most. You know, some of my relationships are very carnal. Some of them are very romantic. Some of them are extremely multifaceted. You know, if I want to talk about astrology, I know exactly who to go to. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I get that. I get that. That's, you know, I, I got to agree. I, I do love that about polyamory. It's this opportunity to connect with uh, different people in different ways. Uh, you mentioned, you know, these carnal and romantic. It's it's definitely two different feelings that you might have with the same person. But then again, you might very well not have being able to experience both of those things. I remember now, I'm I'm like just getting my memory jogged. We had talked also about... Uh, you having a partner that is ace. Am I getting that right? Yes, that's correct. So you as not an ace person, but starting to date someone, that must have been a mindset shift for you as well, no? I, you know, I there is so much about my relationship to Sam that it makes perfect sense to us and also defies explanation. We got into a non-sexual BDSM dynamic um, Mm. and we don't live on the same continent. And we thought, okay, like, let's give this a try. (laughs) This should be interesting. Uh I'm a very Uh sexual person. He's not a very sexual person, Um, but there is something very, deep and romantic and intimate about the relationship that we have. And it changed, I have to say, like it changed my entire perspective on love and intimacy and even sex because it is not that my relationship to him is not sexual. He is asexual, but we have very deep and meaningful sexual interactions that Mm -hmm. are great for both of us. It's um, it's not, it doesn't take up as much space as it takes up in some of my other relationships. Um, but it takes up a different kind of space. Mm -hmm. Um, and it takes on a different meaning. So I think that for me, um, it kind of deepened my appreciation for love and romance in probably all my relationships. I think he's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I that does sound pretty wonderful that sounds uh mind-blowing in a lot of ways um so I'm personally in a uh position where somebody that I care about is about to move away um and you know I've never done this long distance thing so what are some pointers that you might give since your partner is on another continent and uh yeah, let, let, ooh, that was a face. Let's hear it. Let's do this. Yeah, it's it's really hard. It's really really hard. Sure. I think I think like probably the most important thing is to admit that it's it's a hard space and that there's going to be a lot of times where schedules don't work out. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you know there's a lot of there was a lot of like att- attachment issues that I had to work through with Sam in particular panicking when I didn't hear from him, things like that. Um, That does happen. But we also are very creative and there is video chat. I'm also like kind of old school. So like I send him letters in the mail, even though that's more of like my love language than his. um, I still like it. You know, we coordinate to watch Bridgerton together. Mm -hmm. Um, 
or, you know, just have special time or be, you know, chatting about different things, sending pictures or, um, you know, him and my husband exchange tips on growing peppers or something like this. Like small, we try to find small ways to be involved in each other's lives, but also like to tell each other that we care. And um, yeah, I think it's, like I said, I think it's hard and I don't think it's for everybody. Although I think that the paradigm of polyamory makes uh, long distance relationships a, a little bit easier, a little bit more manageable because you can, nobody is replaceable, of course. And like, right. there's, you know, if I want to be with Sam, you know, Tyler's not going to be Sam. So mm -hmm. that's a hard thing. But at the same time, um, you're not alone. And there is lots of ways to connect in and still share meaningful time. So and then the time that you're together will be more special, too. Right. For sure. For sure. Um, are I there any tip? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it is. It definitely is. You know, it's one of those things that uh, I think everybody kind of follows their own path and figures out what works for, for you know, each person. Um, but, you know, it's always interesting to hear what people have done. It sounds like uh, sharing shows, making that, just making sure that that time is made. Oh, that's I'll tell you thing. one more thing. We yeah. do. That's a, it's a bit quirky, but, like, we cook the same meals at the same time. Like, oh. recipes, like, you know, like, we'll do stuff like that, too. So that's always really fun. Kind of having. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> a chance to cook, baby. Nice. Chance to cook. And it's also like sharing a meal. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, all right. So some of these things, that, some of these topics that you've covered, maybe some of your poetry. Um, this is kind of some of the stuff that, that that is going on in my head right now. Uh, are there any specific subjects, maybe, some of the things that you've written about on your Instagram? I gave you a few examples, the polycule feedback loop, struggling with loss of primacy, jealousy, hierarchy, being outed by family, the opening up journey. What what are these things are like really standing out to you right now that you might want to chat about? I mean, being outed by family is probably the most prevalent thing that's happening for me right now. That's been a whole um, different kind of thing. And it, 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 it's actually very interesting because I think conceptually um, in the gay community, especially, and I think in the gay community, there's a lot of talk about being outed. In the polyamorous community, there's a lot of fear of being outed. Mm -hmm. And I guess at least for me, like, I, I actually never thought this would happen to me. I was so blindsided um, by the entire thing. It's still a little bit raw for me. However, um, I was really, I think in a moment like that, you, I think I was also kind of sitting back and thinking, oh my God, what is my husband's reaction to this going to be? Um, how is this going to go down? What's going to happen? You know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of questions that I had around, you know, how that could go. But um, at the same time, I was really incredibly surprised um, by my husband's like, calmness, by his reaction, because I did not feel calm. Um, <laughs> and I think that I was really surprised at the way that we came together and how it sort of galvanized us in a way. Um, and if like, he was like, hey, listen, like, I'm not going to be told what to do. I don't have to live my life conventionally. I don't have to answer to you or anyone else. Like, it was like a very like, all right, well, this is 
this is what it is. And so I think in a way that made me feel good because it kind of reinstated us to our original homeostasis of this is us, this is Mm -hmm. our relationship. And the way that we decide to conduct it is the way that we decide to conduct it. And and the only people who get a say in it are the ones involved. That's it. And also, can I just say, it is so weird to watch other people get highly emotionally charged, upset, crying, because I had sex with someone else. (laughs) (laughs) That emotional over what you're doing as opposed to- I didn't ask you to sleep with, you don't have to do that. I did that and it's okay with everyone here. (laughs) You can't handle the truth. (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, okay. So first of all, I want to commend you and and, and thank you because, uh, you know, as tough as that might be, here you are on screen with me, you know, uh, is this like your first public? This is my second one. I did my First one last night with We Are Polycule. I did a poetry reading. Yeah. So this is my second. This was the weirdest week. (laughs) 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 Okay. You've just been outed. You have a choice. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to do the video. Um, Yeah. That was it. (laughs) That's that's so cool. Well, uh, again, uh, huge uh, commendations and and, and big shout out to you for, uh, you know, as... As much as you're like, okay, well, this already happened, so I might as well. It still, you know, takes uh, uh, some some bravery to be able to um, to do this. So, uh, I gotta ask, any plans to start doing that more on your Instagram? It's definitely something I've thought about. I like being on video. I like saying what I think. Um, I have a lot of things to say, and it's definitely something that's on my radar. I I don't know. I think you know. I just. The point of the Instagram, of starting the Instagram, of starting to talk about these things is really just to give voice to anyone who identifies in this space and who feels like they need this, right? So um, that, just like this polyamorous journey, just continue to evolve. And and whatever feels right, that's what I'm going to do. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, getting back to the um, being outed by family. So what what are some of the things, I guess, that you have learned? What is, uh, you know, one of your big takeaways in the way that you dealt with it? You said that your husband was pretty calm. You were freaking out. Uh, there had to have been some kind of a journey in your emotions, right? Where it was just up and down. And uh, it seems like now it's kind of stabilized a little bit. Tell me about some of the stuff that you went through and some of the lessons that you pulled from this. I mean, the, the immediate, <laughs> the immediate thing that I did was my husband was unavailable that day. And I called my girlfriend and she came right over and I just cried in her lap for four hours. That was, Mm -hmm. that was my immediate more so because of the fact of the person who outed me and who did this, they didn't actually hurt me by doing this. They hurt the person they told who was very upset. Mm -hmm. Um, and they took away the power for, for my husband and I to be able to have this conversation, uh, which I think, probably would have gone much less traumatically than, hey, these people are doing all this stuff and they have boyfriends <laughs> and girlfriends and they're nuts and da, da, da. And then on top of this, um, there were 
some other issues that came out. And I was actually very surprised. It was like we ran through the um, polyamory stereotype 101 book. Mm. It was like, <laughs> okay, well, I hope you're not doing this in your home. I hope you're not doing this in front of your kid. I hope you're not da 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 da. Like, think do maybe, you have sex in front of your kids? Come on. Like, no. And like, also, I mean, and there's a lot of fear around these things. So like, I think that what I've learned is that fear does get in the driver's seat sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's natural. That happens for people. Um, I, I learned, I actually learned just how bad of a feeling being out it is. I didn't know it could actually feel that bad. <laughs> I thought, mm -hmm. you know, this might sting a little, but it, it actually it actually hurts a lot because on the one hand, there's betrayal. On the other hand, there's the loss of the conversation that you have in your head that you've rehearsed a hundred times for this person that you want to say in a certain way. Um, mm -hmm. There's the, the my own fear of being disenfranchised in my own family, um, of, of other people finding out, of uh, job security, of uh, what happens if nobody wants to play with my kid at school anymore. Um, there's a there's a lot there um, because this is our lives. What I was the most surprised to learn was that everyone else thinks that this is their life. And mm -hmm. while I haven't, and this is something I'm actually thinking a lot more deeply about because even my own mother had said to me, I feel like I have no one to talk to about this. And so what I've noticed is that our families feel like they have no support um, and they feel like something is happening to them. So mm. that's been very interesting. And I'm, I'm trying to, I guess, think more deeply about what their perspective is on it, even though I personally feel like we are the ones going through whatever this is, mm -hmm. you know, an outing, a possible facing discrimination, loss of love, loss of um, status, loss of whatever. Um, but they very much feel like it's happening to them. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit on that and say that it is. Right. right? So, it's, so it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it is. You know, I mean, so uh, I, I think to, you know, uh, my my conservative family, you know, um, and my mom, who's, you know, very heavily involved in the church. And, you know, my whole family has always been very, very religious. Right. And so if anybody comes out, you know, as lesbian or polyamorous or whatever, like they almost see it as a reflection of them within the church. And so there is a sense of, you know, they have to come to grips with it. They also are getting their, you know, identities and these things uh, challenged, but you know, it's, to me, it's like, it's what my mom told me, you know, years and years and years ago, I'd rather uh, gain, gain a son or gain a daughter than, than lose a son, mm -hmm. right? When it came to whoever I was dating. So the same theory, I think, uh, tends to go. And Yeah. And like, of course, like we've had a year uh, plus to adjust to our, our lifestyles. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the first they're hearing of it. So right. there's just going to be some adjustment around. And they, and they didn't hear For it. Sure. In a, they didn't hear it in a nice measured metered. I'd like to let you know, I have these yeah. resources for you. This is what this means. Like all of that. They didn't get any of that. Um, so I think that that plays into it too, because in a sense, when you're outed, right, as the outed person, I'm victimized in this way, but so is the person who had to find out in this way. They've mm -hmm. been victimized as right. well. And I, and I think, you know, 
they didn't ask for that information. It was just tossed into their lap. There was no, mm -hmm. hey, we got to talk. I have something, you know, serious to tell you or something like this. Like it was just done. All of that was taken away from you right. just like that. So would you have any advice for somebody who is afraid to come out, somebody who's still mm -hmm. not quite out to their family? Is there any advice that you've learned that you would be willing to share? I I think that coming out is a very personal journey and I don't think that anyone should be forced out before they're ready. I think that you deserve to take your time. There is a huge difference between secrecy and privacy um, and people deserve their privacy. And I think that, you know, nobody should, you don't owe it to anybody to come out because it's your personal life. The way that you're loving and living your life, um, the way that we love, it doesn't hurt anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's an enriching experience. And um, so I think that people who aren't ready to come out, I think it's perfectly valid. I think it's OK. I think that people deserve to live their lives. And if you want to be out, you deserve to be out, too. That, you right. know, that is also very valid. And I I think that I struggle a lot because in times when I have come out, there have been um there's a knee-jerk reaction of like, just be discreet. I don't want to hear about that. You're making me uncomfortable. Well, okay. But like, sometimes you're going to be uncomfortable in life and you're going to know that <laughs> it goes on. It just goes on. You know, I'm not, and, and I struggle with that because I'm the same person to all these people that I was four days ago. They just have new information. Same person. I haven't changed. Yeah. Same they old just, me. Yeah. Same Annie. Same Annie. <laughs> um, one last thing. Uh, you mentioned uh, you're a mom. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, I am. So I'm going to throw this out there because I like to, to get, uh, you know, parents in polyamory. Um, oh, it's a whole thing, right? That absolutely is a whole thing. And, we're, you know, we're kind of short on time, so we'll make it, you know, pretty quick here. Um, but what message would you want to share with other parents practicing polyamory? Uh, you know, yeah. What, what message would you want to well, share? Well, we are not out to our daughter. We have just began, just, we're just beginning to have some talks with her about, you know, what How old is she? She's seven. So okay. I think the, the biggest advice is age appropriate information as it becomes relevant. Um, now, if, had we had started this journey before she was born, I think this would be very different, but we did not. So, um, you know, I think that we have a lot of talks about uh, us having a secure marriage, that we have close friends, that, you know, um, and I think the way that people choose to do this is going to be vastly different depending on where they live, what their socioeconomic status is, what their financial security looks like, um, being able to integrate these things into our lives. This is a longer track for us because of who we are. Um, but I think too that having conversations around what polyamory is, what bisexuality is, all of these things um, are appropriate in incremental stages at different ages, whether you're polyamorous or not. Um, kids should know that these are options for them going mm -hmm. forward. Um, so that's my biggest thing is that just teach your kids that love is love and, and that everyone should be accepted for who they are. And that's, that's for monogamous people as much as it is for polyamorous people is to teach your kids to love everyone, no matter if they're bi, gay, straight, cis, you know, 
uh, asexual, overly sexual, whatever they are, you know, I think that acceptance and tolerance and, um, you know, having good, strong conversations and, and healthy love for yourself are always the best parenting advice. 100% agree with all of that. Uh, not a parent, hashtag not a parent. Uh, so, so I don't really have a voice, but, um, I, I definitely agree with the theory behind all yeah, of that. Yeah, I mean, it co it complicates things for um, other people's minds when you mm -hmm. are polyamorous totally. and a parent. But I mean, it, in the final analysis, everybody loves their children, wants the best for their children, and tries to make the best decisions that they can. And being polyamorous does not change that. In fact, it adds more trusted adults um, to a mm -hmm. family structure. And I, I think that whether kids know that there is a romantic attachment there or not, having trusted adults in your life as a child yes. is actually something that I didn't always have. So I, I imagine it must be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I think the more trusted adults around, you know, the better for a, a ton of reasons. And uh, even Dr. Chef, Dr. Elizabeth Chef, uh, her book says the same thing, you know, more, more adults means more support for the kids. So yeah, and for the adults, because when, and adults, for the adults. Are, when adults are supported, they're better parents. And this Boom. we know. I try to make the world a better place. Through loving more and more people. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any, um, is there any last minute message? Is there anything that you would want to leave with, uh, you know, our, our audience, as far as, uh, getting in touch with you if there's anything like that you're doing or selling or helping people with anything along I'm, those lines. I'm not doing or selling anything except that everyone should be themselves. You can follow me on Instagram and I, I try to be as real and as positive because um, I am an eternal optimist. And I think that, you know, whatever space you're in, just be there and accept yourself most of all. Nice. And that is any underscore undone on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. And uh, one last thing, just for the sake of saying it, uh, we used coming out language a lot today. And, you know, I personally, you know, coming out as a straight polyamorous person, I, I, I wouldn't use coming out. But uh, in the text context of what we were saying here, just, you know, easier to refer to it that way. But, you know. Well, I am also queer. And I, was, and I think you have I every right to go that way. Two fronts that day, so yep. that was kind of a lot. <laughs> oof, oof, oof. But yeah, um, queer, totally. That's a weird conversation, but we'll save that one for another time. Uh, I'll come back I just... anytime to talk about my <laughs> Thank it. you so much, Annie. Thank Appreciate you. your time. And thank you, as always, to our awesome live audience for tuning in. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but that can't be said for the podcast download. So, Catch us live Monday through Wednesday, Pacific time, 2.30 p.m., or sign up for Patreon, and you'll get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe everywhere, uh, download those podcasts, and please leave us a review. We'll appreciate it. That is all that we've got for you all today. Thank you all. Mwah, love it. Thank, Thank you. you all, as always. Have a nice day! Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicingpolya.